Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. Well, good morning. Welcome to Heart and Soul, round two. Who was here last night? Who had a good time last night? Man, that was incredible. Bill, wow, thank you. Thank you. Would y'all give it up for Bill again? Awesome. It's good to be together. James and Shirley Dudley, it's great to have you guys here. Thanks for jumping in with us. Yeah, well, I'm really excited for this session because what I believe that God is doing is that he's not just looking for like a, a church family, but he's actually got a church in the region that he wants to do something through. I think that's actually never been done before. I think he's doing the new thing. And so we know this, that the, the kingdom of God is family. My, uh, one of my spiritual fathers, Jack Taylor, said that if God would have wanted something other than a family, then he would have called himself something other than a father. And I believe that we're all family. And so I love what God's doing in this region. And it's not just one church family, but it's actually the church. And so I'm really honored to have these four join us this morning. Um, they're, they're family. And so I'll just, I'll take a second and introduce them if you don't know who, who they are, but they're, they're really valuable to me. And I believe that they actually are a key to what God is doing in our region. And so I just, I, I wanted you to get to know them because I feel like we're going to be running together and doing stuff together for years to come. And so I'm really excited uh, that they said yes to join us this Saturday morning. This is Joaquin Evans. Joaquin pastors leads uh, Bethel Austin. They've, they've been running for just about a year and a half now. Um, Joaquin came from Bethel in Reading where he was part of, or he was, he was the kind of the point person for starting their healing rooms and then leading um, their activation ministry and, and their itinerant ministry. And I love what God is doing through the Bethel movement. And I love that you guys coming here is really just an answer to prayer. And so we're really honored to have you guys in our region. And um, you're, you're an answer to that prayer for more workers for the harvest. And I believe that you guys carry something really unique for our region that we all get to benefit from, from, from you being here. And getting to know Joaquin, here's what I know about him, is that he loves the presence of God as much as anybody that I've ever met. And, uh, and, and so it's just, it's exciting to get to be, uh, to be with him. This is Charles Patterson and his wife, Marquita Patterson. The rest of us are, are actually building on the foundation that they've established in this region. And so they are, for me and Lauren personally, spiritual father and mother. Um, they're a blessing to, to our church family and to our region. They pastored for quite a while, uh, a church called Church of the Hills um, in Northwest Austin. And God just moved incredibly. And the truth is that what they saw established, um, we're now getting to see as normal what they labored intensely for. And, uh, and they're just quite phenomenal. I, I love uh, getting time with Charles and just picking his brain and learning from him. Um, he is a man of wisdom and just loves the presence of God. And Marquita is just a real mother in the spirit, in the, in the region. She just carries something that is uniquely fierce. It's like she's just a, a, a powerful, powerful woman. 
and just a joy to be around and just a blessing and such an example um, to us all. So we really appreciate you. And then at the end, we've got my brother, Jay Moeller. Miller. I always call you Moeller, but you're Miller. And, and Jay has been honestly just for me a brother and, and somebody that has championed me. And so I'm so grateful. He pastors at Legacy Church in New Braunfels, which is just, and Jay is, is just a pioneer. Like he, he does not hold back. When God shows him something, he just goes for it at all cost. And, and he breaks down uh, barriers and just is hungry for, for God. I just, I love, one of my favorite things about Jay is watching him receive from God. He's like one of the best like receivers that I know. And, and, uh, and just a joy to be with. We've been running together. And I love what Jay said about this weekend. He said that we're treating this as if it was our own conference at our own church because we're family and we're supposed to be running together and doing stuff together. And so I just love his heart. And so, here you go, Joaquin. So what, I, what I've done is just kind of thrown out a, a softball for, for these four and just really asked them to share their heart for the region, what they've seen God doing, what they see God doing. Um, and then um, as, as we go, just to, to minister to you guys as they see fit. And so, um, yeah, I'm just really excited to see what God does during our time together this morning. So, Joaquin, can we start with you? Is that all right? All right. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Just what do you see God, God doing? Um, tell us about what God's doing in Bethel, but just what you see him doing in, in the region. Yeah, well, we are just so excited to be here and to be a part of what God's doing. And um, I, lo- I love the unity that's happening in this region and just this event to be here. It's, it's really incredible. It's, it's inspiring, you know, coming from the outside, moving in. Um, it's really, it's incredible. And a lot of cities and leaders uh, are inspired by what's happening in Austin. Um, you know, just from the outside looking in, um, it's really unique. So, I mean, it's, it's valuable to appreciate what we have. And uh, if you're not aware, you know, just talk to some pastors in other cities and ask them, you know, like God's doing something really unique here in that vein. And uh, so, you know, to value that and appreciate that is really important. Um, I think that the unity thing is a big key of what God's doing in the, in the city. I think, you know, we know that God uh, rests on unity. And uh, there's a, there is a resting of his, his spirit and his presence. It's coming. It's, it's on Austin, but it's coming in a really profound way. And I think um, maybe one of the best ways I can answer that, that question is uh, just in praying about us coming and, and personally praying and saying, God, you know, why Austin? What are you, what are you doing? And, and uh, I, had a, I had a vision, and, uh, and the vision started. God showed me um, San, San Francisco, you know, uh, 68, 69, like the summer of love, like the hippie movement that came out of San Francisco. And I was like, okay, God, what are you showing me? Um, this doesn't make sense. <clears throat> and, uh, and, but then the scene shifted to the Jesus people movement. And uh, how that exploded, and God said, uh, 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 I'll back up. First, I saw a groundswell happening um, in, in Austin. Then I saw the, uh, the hippie movement. Then I saw the Jesus people movement. And God said, there is a movement coming out of Austin, and the, the church gets to play uh, 
a role in what direction that movement goes. So the church, the church in general is going to be, uh, you know, the deciding factor of where that goes. So um, just getting to come and be a part of that. But I feel like specifically, I feel like that there is in the church in general that there is a waking up um, uh, for the resting of God. You know, it says that when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, it says that the Holy Spirit came, rested upon him and remained. I tell you, man, I loved being in worship this morning. Because it wasn't, we, we weren't worshiping out of a place of theory. We weren't worshiping out of a place of God who's distant and detached. It was like, nope, this room was like, God is here right now. And we're worshiping out of that awareness that God wants to rest and remain. And when you get, you get a city that knows how to worship that way, oh my goodness, things are going to shift radically. Um. You know, we have a unique uh, thing happening for, for us today. You know, we rent a building and, and uh, you know, we rent Antioch building up in South Austin and uh, they do two conferences a year. So we don't have, we don't have our normal space, which is, which is great. Um, but so instead of having church this weekend, today we're sending our whole community out into the streets. And so we got, uh, we got 16 different locations and, uh, and uh, like five different time slots. And so all day today, our, our community is just bombarding Austin with the good news and just, um, so. But in the, in the presence, everything shifts. So, um, you know, I mean, we're experiencing something awesome and I know it's happening across the board. Just the, the water table is rising. But, you know, it's, I love that when people can just walk in the building and, um, their marriage is restored, or their tumor disappears, or cancer flees, or whatever it is, to me, that means God is abiding in our midst. It's not that we have to work and generate and do God's job for him. It's like, no, he is here. People just come into that place, and and they get their breakthrough. So that's some of what's happened, I believe, is going to continue to happen more and more in our region. So, Well, it's a joy for us to be here uh, this morning, and uh, see some friends, <clears throat> some old friends, not old chronologically, but <laughs> nevertheless, old friends. And uh, thank you guys for hosting this. This this is really awesome. And Steve and Lisa, who are partnering with you as well. And I didn't know you could worship like that, Lisa. That is really awesome. <laughs> uh and Jay and Kelly, it's just, it's great. Just God is really doing some remarkable things. I had a couple of things that I uh, wanted to share, but I wanted to piggyback on something that Joaquin just said. Uh, many years ago, really not too long into the founding of our church, I had a dream at night, which really was a vision. And uh, I, and I won't tell you the whole thing because the Lord literally showed me the history of our spiritual journey before we engaged it in that dream. And at the, at the end of that dream, not the end of the journey, but at the end of the dream, uh, I was actually not part doing anything in the worship service. I was actually standing almost elevated behind the worship leader. And the whole church was packed and it was worshiping. And the presence of the Lord began to be so strong during worship 
that the, the back doors exploded open. And as people crossed the threshold, they began to hit with the spirit of joy that they couldn't control. And they were healed and restored and literally set free while that was happening. And I want to tell you, that is here and it is coming. It is here and it is coming. More and more churches that we go into, worship has become an increasingly high value. It used to be the prelude to the preaching. Not anymore. Literally, it is the main thing because it is what invites the presence of the Lord and that's where everything happens is in the presence of the Lord. And so, uh, like Joaquin, this was an awesome time of worship this morning and uh, just really, it's kind of a, a magnet in a very real sense. A couple of other things I wanted to share with you <clears throat> is, and this is for uh, the San Marcos, New Braunfels, Jay and Kelly. And uh, this part of the I-35 corridor that's basically from Round Rock on the north to San Antonio on the south. Uh, Marquita and I were having coffee with Tim and Elizabeth Darnell last week, and uh, they are pastors of Hill Country Church here in San Marcos. And in the midst of that conversation, I found myself telling them that what's happening in this part of the region, this is roughly halfway between Austin and San Antonio, and what's happening in this part of the I-35 corridor is literally a linchpin to the entire corridor. And a linchpin, I had to look up the, because the, the, that was the word that the Lord gave me, and I had to look up the meaning of linchpin. <clears throat> and, but a linchpin is what holds everything together. And so I really want to encourage you guys, the churches in this part of the I-35 corridor, I want to encourage you to go for what God is doing with everything you have, but at the same time, learn to honor and love and respect and value what God is doing in all of his body in this region. Because it takes, <clears throat> it takes a whole church in a city to reach a city, and it takes the whole church in a region to reach the region. And then, last Saturday night, we were at Bethel Austin, and um, Renee Evans, Joaquin's wife, was teaching. She did an awesome job, by the way. Should give her the mic more often. <laughs> but uh, she was talking about a word that um, Joaquin and Renee had received before they actually moved to Austin, and it was from I thirty-five. I thirty-five. It was from Isaiah. 35, and the I in Isaiah, of course, representative of Interstate 35, and of course, 35. I, I would really encourage you to read that word, but as, as Renee was reading that word, I was sitting there thinking, I've heard this before. Where, where have I heard this? And then it suddenly occurred to me several days later, Marquita and I were visiting a church where... Um, uh, Cindy Jacobs, if you, if you know that name, Cindy Jacobs was speaking in that church in Austin, and she released exactly the same word for the I-35 quarter many years ago in the city of Austin. 
And you know, when God says it once, it's important, but when he says it's twice, it, we better pay attention. And so <clears throat> I think that, I think that uh, Austin, New Braunfels, I mean, um, San Marcos, New Braunfels, Kyle Buta, you're really critically important to what God is doing throughout the quarter. And we pray for the I-35 quarter because this is where God has placed us and we steward what God is doing here. But think about it. I-35 runs from Mexico to Canada. What if what starts here infects the whole area? I feel a little lonely up here, <laughs> a little outmanned or something. Um, the first thing when the question was asked, it, for, for me, the thing that just permeates me is that God answers prayer. This is a prayer request that has been prayed about for, ge- for generations probably, but for years in our life, in our, in our stay in Austin. And that is God's doing something new. And I, I know we've all heard that a hundred times, but he really is. And it is really the promises that we've prayed for, we're seeing come about. Churches are being planted everywhere. And it's not competition churches for the most part. It's churches who understand they have a piece of the puzzle. They don't have the whole puzzle. And begin to work together and begin to celebrate together. And as we've visited a lot of churches in the last few years as we stepped down from our our church, it just, it always just rocked my boat. You know, God was the same in every place. He was still pulling people. It wasn't like we had the, the market. And it was just such a reality check that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're part of a bigger piece, but you've got to do your piece. And that was just the excitement of of what God is doing, is that he's taking every church and saying, this is your piece. And if you do it well, you will spread it where the next person can do their piece. And I just think that, you know, as a body of believers, and whatever name we we worship with on Sunday morning or, or Saturday night. It does not matter. It matters about what are you doing that God's called you to do to step into what he's called you to, but it also means it affects the whole body of Christ in that area. No one church, no one person is ever going to be able to change the culture of this area, whether it's I-35 or Austin or San Antonio and everything in between or like from Mexico to Canada. It's everybody has to be responsible for what God's called you to. You got to look in the mirror every morning and say, okay, God, what is my assignment today? Um, I remember somebody asking me one time uh, that wasn't in our stream of not used to the prophetic words, but they were hearing some prophetic words released and they asked the question, said, do you guys share notes? you know, uh, are y'all talking about what God is doing? And, and it's like, well, in a way we're sharing notes because we have the same spirit, you know? And so when you hear this consistency, you know, through time and, and what the Lord wants to do in a region and a family and a group of people, he's serious about it. And it's like, even as Bill was talking last night, um, there's, there's this something about when you understand what the Lord is declaring something, he means it to happen. It's not a request. It's a, it's a command that comes with it, a promise to fulfill it. 
And, and he's looking for people who aren't afraid to say yes to what he's asking us to do because he's going to provide it. There's something about grace that's so empowering. I was just so wrecked last night. I love listening to Bill talk about grace because so often we talk about grace being an unmerited favor, which is, is really silly to me because nobody merited anything except for Jesus, right? And he enjoyed the full favor of his father and he gives his favor away, but in it, it empowers us to step into these words. And so as you're hearing big dreams and big words about what God wants to do in a region, you have to understand it's not something we're going to have to stir it up and figure it out. What happens is, is when we press into the heart of the Father, we begin to receive from him exactly what's necessary to fulfill the word. Like when Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. Like Mary did not impregnate herself, did she? Joseph didn't either, right? But what she did is like, I believe you, God. Right? And with reception, receiving that word, it, it, it gave birth to something inside of her that she was able to nurture. She had a responsibility to nurture the word, right? But it was that, that initial agreement. And so I, I, just, I just think about what God's been saying for years up and down this I-35 corridor. And uh, I remember when we first came into the move of the Spirit, um, I began to have this, this same dream, almost like an open vision or dream. And what it was is I saw the silhouette of a man and uh, you could see over the head was written Austin, over the feet was San Antonio, and then over the heart was San Marcos and New Braunfels. And in which you could, you know, obviously Austin's the head of government, San Antonio is the international city, it's the gospel, the, the shoes of the gospel of peace going out, carrying it out. But the Lord says, nothing can be done effectively without the Father's heart. And, and when we understand that, it's not specifically this, the churches in Austin or the churches in San Antonio. It's the churches, the family that understands the Father's heart in such a way. That, and then what I began to see is you could see the circulatory system. And so you could see the unoxygenated blood coming into the heart and then the oxygenated blood being poured out into every part of the extremities. And so what was happening in worship earlier is, is whatever area of lack that we had that had not passed through the heart of the Father, we just receive that. We pass through the heart of the Father and then there's this pumping out, right? Do you realize the blood doesn't have to do anything to be pushed to the extremities? It just receives oxygen, right? It's the heart that pumps it and pushes it. And so when we realize we're stepping into something in this region that the heart of the Father has been pumping for for a long time, like he's been priming the pump and he, he's ready for it. And so I, I just, standing up here with you guys is, is for me, understanding generational legacy is so incredibly important. Like we have to position ourselves to look for generations. And when the church got so caught up, is he coming now? Is he coming now? Is he coming now? We, we lost this, this generational legacy of being able to pass down from Abraham to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph. And, and so when Joel asked me, what, what do you see that God's doing in this region right now? It's been a couple months ago, but I was just reading through the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. And, and I heard the father say, he said, do you think that my best for Joseph was for him to be sold into slavery by jealous brothers and neglected by a father who was also jealous? Do you think my best for Joseph was to be thrown into a, a prison for what he didn't even do? Do you think that was my best? And I'm like, well, no, because that, that's not the way you operate. He goes, I had to do that because my intention was to bring a prophetic man to Pharaoh to be able to interpret his dream so it would save a region, right? And, he's, and I said, well, what, what was your best? And he says, I'd already placed Joseph in a kingdom family. 
Do you understand the implications of that? Like he, he had given him Jacob, who had had generational promise that his descendants would fill the earth from his, father, his grandfather Abraham. And he said, I'd already placed him with brothers. And, and if they would have gotten this concept of still, instead of being jealous of Joseph for always carrying favor uh, of being the prophetic one who had the crazy dreams and ideas that what if his brothers had understood their responsibility to steward their brother's gifting? What if they'd realized that, that Joseph's call was their call too, and they played a part in it. And instead of being jealous, they would have surrounded Joseph. And like any family, you fight and you joke and you do all kinds of stuff, but they would have been part of the raising of a generational changer. And then the Lord just began to show me if he would have grown up into that, Pharaoh still would have had the dream because Pharaoh was the governmental power in that region to be able to bring change to something that was gonna take place. And when Pharaoh had the dream, Joseph would have come to Egypt as an emissary of a king rather than a slave. And he says, that's what he wants to do right now. It's, it's kingdom family. What he wants to do right now, I think is, you know, you look through, I'm, I'm a history buff. And so like there was the, the age of the church fathers, the early church. And we always say, we want to return back to the book of Acts. I don't want to go back to the book of Acts. He's getting better. He wants to do infinitely more than he did in the book of Acts now in our time because we have an inheritance being passed down. And, and you, you look through this, there was this different revivals in different ages. And I think we're in the age of the kingdom family where you've got fathers and mothers. This is one thing I think you have to be up here, Mark, is it's not just Abraham, it's Sarah. Like Sarah gave birth to the, to the promise. And, and so I think if we continue to honor each other, I love you so much. Like I am so for you. Um, because not because of anything you did for me, but because just of who you are, but you've done so much for me too at a place where I was wondering about my call and what's God want to do in this region and was getting frustrated with, with bickering and infighting. I felt like one of Joseph's brothers sometimes in the city, right? Territorial and this and that. And then Joel and Tim and, you know, Charles McQueen. And then when you moved in, it was like, man, come on, God's doing something. And so I just believe that God's going to do something that is so revolutionary and, and what he's going to pump up and down. Can I have time for one thing? So I was in, I was in um, Singapore and Bangkok in 2016 uh, with, with Global Awakening, Randy Clark. And after a time of impartation, um, just was blasted in the spirit. And I had another open vision. And so um, I was sitting there in this lawn chair about 100 yards, 50 yards from an old oil geyser. If you've been out from West Texas, you know, remember the old, when they struck oil, here comes the oil just pouring into the air. And I was just sitting here watching this thing and, and relaxing. And the oil's just coming on me. And I can feel the oil in my hair and, and on my hands. And, and after a period of time, I just remember asking the Lord, I said, what, what is the point of this? Immediately, the oil stopped and this big uh, rig began to drive out. As a, it was a drilling platform and it began to set up to drill in the same, the same shaft. And, uh, and if, if this was the size of the, of the original shaft, it was, the bit was exponentially bigger than what was previously there. And it begins to drill down. And then I saw this cross section of the earth 
and you could see the drill, the progress of the drill going through the layers of the earth. And then you began, to, it kind of panned out and I could see the reservoir of where that well had been pulling its oil from. And then it panned out a little bit more and then I began to see these independent reservoirs across the planet. So if, so if imagine here's Redding and here's Austin and here's Azusa and here's, I mean, it's just like you could see throughout history all these different reservoirs of oil that had been pulled from. And then it continued to press down and suddenly then I saw drills going in those as well, pressing down and re-drilling these oil wells. And, but they didn't stop when it got to the bottom of the reservoir. It kept punching through the bottom of what God had done into a new thing. And then it panned out again and all of a sudden I saw this worldwide reservoir of oil. And every one of those, drill, those wells were drilling into this worldwide deal. So it was, a, it, was a, it was one source. And then immediately I began to see the pipeline being laid, like the Alaska pipeline. It was just immediate reference. And I saw it laying up and down I-35. And then he go, I go, Lord, why is it, if we're all drawing from the same source, why do we need to have oil wells or not oil wells, why do we have to have a pipeline for strategic exchange? He says, because when the oil comes up, Joel refines my oil differently than you do. And Joaquin refines it differently than I do. There has to be these refineries that are coming from the same source. And if you don't have a strategic exchange of what that oil is and the refining of each other, you're gonna have an incomplete version of what revival and awakening looks like. And so that's what I think we're living in right now. Like what, every time I wake up, I see that because of what's happening in this room right now is so powerful and palatable. In your yes, God already gave you everything you need. It's not more complicated than that. It's a belief that he is who he says he is that you are who he says you are and that he will do always what he says he will do. So Father, right now, as a kingdom family in a place full of fathers and mothers who are raising sons and daughters to become fathers and mothers, who will raise sons and daughters who will become fathers and mothers, we just say the same thing that Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. That, Lord, even in that visual of the, the re-drilling of the, of the oil, that what you did before was great. It was in its time. It was perfect for when it was, but you have always had on your heart to do more. And that you increase the capacity of every person. I just see that right now where you're at. I'm seeing him drilling inside of your heart, and I literally see your, the capacity. He's stretching your heart to be able to carry the volume of refining oil that he created you for. Just take a deep breath in right now. Just go. And just when you think you can't breathe in more, he's going to give you more. I just, I see it throughout all the place. He's, He's taken places that was hard stone and he's not just busting through it. He's, he's literally softening it right now. What do you have to do? Say yes.
Even as I was reminded last night, Lord, you're not making a request. You're, you're giving us a command. Why are we doing this? Because you said. So release right now into every single person the full measure. I hear the word implication. Consider the implication that the fullness of God that was pleased to live in Jesus is fully pleased to fully live in you. As, as Jay was talking, one of the things that I want to just try to impart to you is this. Whenever we think of ourselves and whenever we uh, think about who we are and what we can do and can't do, oftentimes we tend to think more in terms of our limitations or even our failures then we think in terms of the possibilities in God. When I was much younger, a young adult, I, was, I wanted to be a fly on the wall. And because I didn't think of myself as being a powerful person or someone who could really um, add value very much to other people, much less at some point being sta standing on a platform. But the problem is, we have to see ourselves the way God sees us. We have to be able to see through his eyes when we look at ourselves. Not see uh, what we have done and not see what we struggle with having done. But literally ask the Lord, Lord, please let me see me the way you see me. Because I want to become all that you've called me to be. Think about it. We're not servants. We're sons and daughters. Listen to this. Co-heirs with Jesus. That means everybody in the room is royalty. Everybody. Say it. I'm royalty. And you have capacity because you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. You, mean, you remember the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead? He lives in you. Every single one of us are, is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I just, I want to go so far as to speak prophetically over you and say that God has far more for you than you think is possible. So I just declare that over you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, open the eyes of your people. You love them. You died for them. Open the eyes of your people to be able to see themselves the way you see them and to rise to who you say they are and not shrink to how they think of their own limitations. I declare powerful people in this room today. Lord, release, release them from every bondage, everything that's been said to them or over them 
that limits who they are. Release them from that, God. And raise them to who you say they are. In Jesus' name. Just, I feel such a stirring as Jay was sharing that analogy of the of the the crude oil, and I just hear the Father saying, "Deep and rich, deep and rich," and the oil comes deep from the ground, and it's 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 a value. It's it's a valuable commodity, and what he's doing in the region is deep and rich, and. Uh, the other thing is that an oil fire is one of the most difficult things to put out. <laughs> and uh, and I, I literally feel like that, that I'm supposed to prophesy this. And, and we're talking about churches, we're talking about unity. You know, as individuals as in the body of Christ, we all have learned the value of community. You know, that we're not supposed to be lone rangers and and that, that, you know, encouragement, encouraging each other, um, we all need that, you know. We can't do it alone, so we're, we're in community, and we encourage each other. We lift each other up when we need it. And even this thing of accountability, but, but accountability me, meaning I hold you to the great value and call that God has on your life. I keep you accountable to your greatness, not to your weaknesses or your failures, but to your greatness. But I feel like I'm prophesying that we in this region are moving into an era where the churches are doing community and the churches are doing accountability. Like, we're committed. I'm committed to keeping Jay accountable to his greatness. And then... Legacy Church, accountable to his greatness, and the same for Joel in this house, accountable to the great things that God has called them to. What's it look like as individuals living in, a, in an environment like that where churches aren't, aren't second-guessing each other, aren't backstabbing each other, but are like coming in with encouragement when it's needed and calling each other to their greatness repeatedly over a whole region, and the... And the last thing, we're just this I-35 word, and, and that word, that was, that was Bill Johnson that, that gave us that word before I left. He, he did not, I mean, he's been here before, but he was not aware, he was not thinking that there's an, an Interstate 35 going through this, the area when he gave that word. So, I mean, Bill and Cindy and a bunch more people have given that word, so that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, yes, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. But I saw this even as Charles was sharing that, that, um, that oh, man, I have, I have such, I feel God's heart. Man. He wants to end sex trafficking. Like, that's such a blight on this generation. But what if that, what if an anointing falls on our corridor instead of it be a, being a sex trafficking uh, highway that, that God cancels that and he sends revival up and down from Mexico to Canada that people literally can't, they can't engage with that industry. They can't engage with that in any way that that thing just breaks off the chains, just break off. Listen, I just want to release fire Come on, let's be an oil fire together. 
So Jesus, I just thank you for releasing fire, God, on the ones who are refining your oil, who are saturating, God, who are spending time going deep into your riches, God. Carriers of your oil, Father, we just breathe fire on it right now. In Jesus' name, fire on the region, fire on every hungry heart, God. Jesus, let us be an oil fire that the enemy runs around going, I can't put it out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your burning ones. Thank you, Jesus. Fire. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. I like these guys right here in the second row. There's, there's fire on you. There's the fire of faithfulness on you. I see, I, see, um, I see fresh fire and I see deep generational fire. Like, like there's, a, there's a fire of faithfulness on you and, I, and I've met you. I know like this much of your stories, but I know that there's, that there's decades of faithfulness and faithful burning on you. I can see it, but I also see a fresh fire. God's combining like this, this backdrop. <laughs> Uh, he's doing this fresh thing that he's breathing on this on the faithfulness fire. There's something getting ready to explode uh, on you. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know where you want to go. But <laughs> uh, oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, jump in there. I'm going to. A moment ago, when, I, when we stood up, I got so dizzy because I was looking down. And for some of you, you're still looking down. And we didn't get the thing about the fire because we were looking down. And if you've been looking down, God's saying you're here for a purpose this morning because he wants to energize you to go forward, to do what you do your way with his grace. You're not going to look like everybody else, but you're going to stand and do what God's called you to do. And that's going to look different, but you've got to quit comparing yourself to what you can't be to decide what you can be. So let's go forward and let's decide that we're going to go and we're going to be who God's called us to be. And we're going to walk in faith and we're going to know that we're going to shake this world. And this quarter is going to be ours. Or has been highlighting you to me, Dustin, literally since we walked in the door out there. And the only thing that I hear for you, over you, and about you is that to the extent the enemy has tried to take you out, the Lord is literally, 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 not just figurative, he's literally going to cause you to not only overcome that, but be, an, be a champion of overcomers in the very areas where the enemy has tried to take you out. Dustin, <clears throat> your season of wandering is over. It's done. Hey, Justin, I was, Dustin, I want to jump on that. I, I hear that you're not a flash fire. You weren't just a flash point in history and your time is done. There, there's something the enemy tried to, to like, and you have that backdraft that firemen have to worry about. And he tried to create a backdraft that would uh, come back and destroy you, but it's going to blow back on the enemy. 
And what he doesn't realize is he only added to the flame that's been burning inside of you deep. Thank you, Jesus. There's a young lady here in the, in the last, last row, in the middle. In the middle, yes. Yes. What's your name? Krista. I can't even see you super clearly with the lights and everything in the natural, but I can see you in the spirit. And there's joy exploding off of you, Krista. And there's, there's a sweet perfume of the presence of God. And you're talking about the, everyone's unique refining. I just, you, you exude the presence of God in joy and hope. And I just see this bubble of hope. Like you carry joy that releases hope. When people come about six feet away from you, 10 feet away from you, like they start to encounter hope because of your joy. And you have an anointing just to shift atmospheres and bring hope. And the Father is so excited about what is going on inside of you. Just keep pumping out that joy. You're changing lives. And I spoke to the, to the, the road, but the gentleman on the end, we said hi earlier, um, but I just see you have this uh, pioneering intercession on you, and uh, you have this thing to break open, um, to break open area, to break open wells in the spirit. And actually, actually earlier during worship, I looked over and I saw, I saw, I just tell you what I saw. I saw spears all around you, and I feel like in your in your generational line, you actually have people. Oh, you have warriors in your generational line. And um, you come from a, a, a warfare, a warrior's line, and you carry that in the spirit in prayer. And I feel like that you've taken a lot of knocks in, in life because of that, um, that, that pioneering intercession. But God says he's with you. He's with you. He's with you. And, uh, and he's been so faithful that you've taken, you've taken um, uh, dings in your armor and at, at at points, it didn't feel like the church recognized how you were standing on the front line interceding for the body, but God says he's known and he's been with you and he's seen every step of the way. And I'm telling you right now, we see you and we appreciate you and we champion that warrior spirit and what you go after again and again and again in the spirit. And we bless you. It's a mighty man in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.